I don't know why I've got in my head, you know, in The Little Mermaid, the little souls are like, Mew. yeah, <laughs> like, that's like, oh, I've got my needs met yet. Hello, 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 and welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, come and join the conversation in our Facebook group. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. So today I figured that it was only right that I be drinking the seltzer that we were discussing on the last <laughs> episode, which is the last can of the seltzer that I really like the flavor of. The last can and I'm drinking my seltzer that's apparently all mine now. <laughs> all yours. Yours, all yours. So today we are looking at the second of our series, our friendship series. And as we discussed in the last episode, today we're going to be talking about the hard conversations and getting uncomfortable and, and the, the need to be able to get uncomfortable in order to have these hard conversations because the, most people tend to avoid the hard conversations um, and being uncomfortable because they feel that it will create disconnect, it will create distance, uh, it will create problems in the relationship. Well, the reality is, is that whatever it is that's creating the discomfort or the need for the uncomfortable, the difficult conversations, it's still going to be there whether you talk about it or not. And in fact, if you don't talk about it, it's going to stay there. It's going to be there and it's going to stay there. And it's going to be like, um, it's like, um, I don't know why it made me think about this, um, but um, there's an episode of um, uh, Winnie, the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh where he's like, he's like he, he pretends that he's like a little black rain cloud in order to try and steal honey from the tree. But it's like, it's like this, it, the idea in my head is like, it's like this little black cloud that's going to sit over the relationship, irrespective of what else happens until it gets dealt with. Because only when it gets dealt with, it's going to move on. Um, the thing about it is, is that if you talk about it and figure it out together, it not only stops that disconnect um, and the distance of problem uh, the, and the problems from whatever the thing is that you want to talk about, but it actually creates more bond. It creates more trust. It creates more connection. Um, and it's something that we, I mean, we've been through this process and many times, many, many times. And I will say that more so at the beginning of our relationship than now. I mean, we mm. will still have hard conversations, but they don't really feel hard. No. Um, these days. We might talk about challenging so topics. I remember we talked about this on a previous podcast, like when we talked about the um, the monetary split of the our business partnership. Mm -hmm. Like that was one of those where I'm like, well, I know we do this sort of stuff well, but like this is one of those things that can tend to cause problems. Mm -hmm. It was like, I think it was like a 15 minute conversation. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah done yeah um, <laughs> like, and like oh, oh. Serena was like trying to make sure I had more and I was trying to make sure Serena had more so it was really interesting because we both wanted to make sure it worked for the other person mm -hmm. um go ahead uh, one thing I want to say on uh, to add to what Claire was saying is uh something that I say quite often when we're talking when we're talking about the work and it's that I truly feel that 
change happens in those uncomfortable situations. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not uncomfortable, you're not really going to be driven to change anything about it. And then you start becoming complacent. And I really feel that uncomfortable situations that's where you can you have the opportunity to learn to grow from to create to co-create i think i'm going to add to that i think i don't think that you need to have an uncomfortable situation in order to change no and i'm sorry if it came off like that because that wasn't in my that wasn't my intention Hmm. i've got a feeling we may have done something about this Go back and listen to Impact Over Intention. Um, (laughs) If you haven't already listened to it, we're going to reference it a lot. Um, Yeah, I think that, um, I think you're right, that when things are uncomfortable, that naturally there is that, there is a stronger desire to change maybe. Um, But I think that it's all, it's possible to change without the discomfort. And actually, our friendship is probably a great indication of that, actually, because now I don't think it really gets uncomfortable. Mm-mm. And we do change frequently. Mm-hmm. But I think that we needed to get uncomfortable initially because we didn't have that ease and the trust and the connection and the bond to rely on that actually, okay, we, we know we're going to get through this. Like we, we can, the reason we can have hard conversations with ease now without it getting uncomfortable is because we know we're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I genuinely cannot think of a single possible situation that I think is likely to come right. up knowing the two of us, which would create me to be like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get through this. Yeah, or, like I'm done. Or I don't know if I want to get through this. Mm-hmm. Um, So the interesting thing is, is that one of the things that allows you, that enables you to get uncomfortable in a situation with other people, and we kind of mentioned this briefly in the last episode, is if your needs are well met, then if you're dealing with an uncomfortable situation with somebody else, that uncomfortable situation is not going to trigger your unmet needs. If your needs are unmet, then an uncomfortable conversation or situation with somebody else could trigger those needs without you even being aware of it. And that's when it's like either I want to withdraw from the uncomfortable situation or I'm going to react to the situation, which makes it not just uncomfortable, but then like destructive in terms of the conversation it becomes more confrontational um so in order to be able to have the discomfort not have the discomfort but to be okay with the uncomfortable situation the best thing you can do is to make sure your needs are well met because you're going to be more resourced to be able to deal with the discomfort you're not going to have the risk of those unmet needs getting triggered and you're you reacting to the unmet needs not to what's happening because what ends up happening is that somebody will say something it triggers an unmet need and you react and it seems like you're reacting to what they've said and the truth is you're not reacting to what they've said you're reacting to the the trigger of the unmet need that is the thing that is reacting in that moment and if you're reacting from that unmet need chances are it's not going to be constructive um and so what we want to do is note notice and one of the ways that you can navigate through that discomfort is that if you're in an uncomfortable situation if Serena said something and I would be like oh oh okay that that smarted a little bit normally like okay which needs what needs have been impacted what needs have been triggered by what it is that she's saying this need okay maybe it's my value need what do I need to do to meet my value need in this moment so I do something just quickly to meet that value need Um, or maybe my security need will come up and it's like actually what do I need to meet that security need and then I can respond from my needs being met rather than react from my needs being unmet and something that we we practice Mm -hmm. and it is A a practice is 
I even know, don't even know what she's about to say, and I can guarantee it's a practice, <laughs> it's a practice. because <laughs> our friendship, doing friendship, is a practice. It's yes. something you you practice every day, every day. Yeah. Um, but we practice the practice that we do, we do do, we do it, do, we do do oh. is you potty mouth. What? Do do. You said do do. Oh, I got away with it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you did. Um, <laughs> And back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> um, God, I've distracted myself with a whole bunch of doo-doo. The practice of friendship. Oh, yes. The practice of um, I may say something that lands in lands on an unmet or not as well met of a need. And Claire goes into, before she responds, we'll be like, all right, what needs need to be met? What, what's showing up here? She won't just pretend that something didn't impact her. As we discuss, and she's talking about coming, you know, um, coming from the place of having her needs well met, then she'll be like, I just want to let you know, like, that didn't quite land right. Just to make sure that I'm aware, A, there was an impact, mm-hmm. B, to make sure that, like, the awareness so I don't do it again. Or even, like, just, it, it's not even necessary that, because uh, it, it can be both directions. Again, this is where the nuance of needs comes in, is that, if Serena has said something, they say mindlessly, where she said something and uh, and it's it's impacted the unmet need because um, of how it's been framed or the context in which it's given or how she is, um, this, she said something that is being thoughtless of something that she knows is a long-term trigger for me or something. We That's actually had a, a scenario, yes. a couple of, we've talked about on our previous episode where I had referred to something in a joking ma- manner and it impacted Claire. Because it was something that I'd shared earlier that day was a trigger for me from childhood. And it was just a an, an un thoughtful or not unaware comment yeah it was it was a it was a thoughtless moment yes. i think is what's because you're not a thoughtless person but yes. it was a momentary thoughtlessness that that kind of happened right and there was silence for a minute and then claire came back after she had i know taken a moment stepped back and it, it was seconds yeah and then it was like hey can you not joke about that and i'm like oh shit yes i yeah. understand why mm-hmm. and we went through we went through our process of apology and you know like yeah rebuilding rebuilding and healing the impact of that moment so that's one of the scenarios but the other scenario is that serena could say something that there's absolutely nothing wrong with and actually because my unmet my needs are unmet it triggers something in me that has absolutely nothing to do with what said how it said she could be incredibly thoughtful kind in how she's saying it well, if I then say, well, that didn't land well with me, that, I mean, for a start, I'm going to look at that in myself and go, oh, yeah, that's my shit. <laughs> that nothing to do with what Serena was saying mm-hmm. because of where I'm at in my process. And I'm going to be like, that's something I need to look at. This need, da, 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 da. But that's not something that I would then take to Serena and be like, hey, this didn't land well with me as if like it's something that she needs to do something about because the issue is not actually in what she said or how she said it. The issue has been, I have an unmet need that I haven't taken care of and it's landed on that. It, the, 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 um, the thing that she said has triggered that unmet need and that's where, that's my responsibility, not her responsibility. And Serena also knows I'm not going to go to her expecting her to change something that's my shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, 
I think so often that in when it comes to like personal growth and development, there's this kind of there are these sort of blanket statements in how we do things. It's like, oh, well, this is uh, like anybody that anyone says, if it bothers you, it's like it's a reflection of you or it's reflecting a, a wound or a trigger or what have you. And that's bullshit because sometimes actually people are op- operating in a way which is not mindful of your humanity, their humanity, they're acting in a way they're saying things or doing things that are degrading you. And it's like, that's not about you. That's about them. And so it's like, put the responsibility and the accountability where it needs to be. If I, if it's something where I'm like, actually, I think this is something that would be good for Serena to be aware of, because I think it was the, um, the issue in what happened was actually something that was at her end. And I know I can go to Serena and say that to her and she'll be like, oh shit. Yep. Hands up. Totally understand. Yep. That was me. Um, As I said earlier, I see the error of my ways. I see the error of my ways. <laughs> that was about vacuuming up. Uh, like, but we had uh, um, we'd um, done a confetti cannon here for our celebratory um, cannon is what episode podcast anniversary podcast anniversary episode. <laughs> we did confetti cannons that didn't really work, so we kind of threw the stuff up in the air. And I was about to get the vacuum to clean it up, and she put the fan on, and it all started distributing across the room. She's like, oh, I saw the error of my ways. <laughs> Off it went before we got things vacuumed up. So that wasn't about a friendship thing. Um, (laughs) A random aside. A random aside. Um, But yeah, it's like recognizing and and also owning where actually something is nothing to do with the other person. That the reaction, that the trigger is actually something that is unhealed within me because of my past. And actually that's something or something that's happened to me that I haven't taken care of my needs. I haven't worked, uh, I haven't worked through or processed. That's on, that's my responsibility. It's not somebody else's responsibility to dance around my unmet needs because they haven't been met. So it's about recognizing that we need to be mindful and conscious and kind and intentional about how we communicate with each other. And we also take, need to take responsibility for our woundings and our triggers and our unmet needs and, and the healings that, that need to happen. So I think it's important to say that this is something that um, there's a there's a progression with this. Yes. <laughs> and we've been through that progression. <laughs> um, you want to share a little bit about how this how these situations unfolded when we first started to be close? Wait, like in what sense? Just like, I mean, like, just how was it? Like, how was it for you having, navigating these uncomfortable hard situations and hard conversations when we hadn't really done much of that before? Like, how did it, it feel? It was scary. Yeah. I mean, right? like, it's, it, at the beginning, I was like, oh, is this, is this it? Is, is this the moment? Is this the thing that's going to end the friendship? End the friendship? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and, and when things are incom- uncomfortable and if things are confronting and not that, Claire and I necessarily come at it confronting, but the the subject matter can right. be when you're when either a mirror is being held up to you or um, to. And I just want to jump in and say, when we first started doing this, you hadn't done the needs work. No, and so that's also very important context. Very important to what it is that you're about to say. So, um, you it. It was it was new. It, mm-hmm. it, I mean, I just it it really was new. Like it was. It, I never really walked into places where I was um, invited to go, so to speak. I would walk away. I'd be like, "Oh, confrontation!" Oops. Oh, oh, I'd, I'd 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 meander around it. I'd wiggle about in it. I never was like 
actually, because this is present, I need to be in this. And because I'm part of this, I need to be in this. I need to not step away from the puddle. I need to step into it to see how deep it is. And then... And I don't know about you, but I know that for me personally, like when I'm thinking about other friendships, that um, the other friendships actually ended because I wasn't willing to have the hard conversations. And the thing that the hard conversation that needed to happen ended up the thing that that was about ended up destroying the friendship because it's like it was it was ever present and by not having the hard conversation about it we weren't able to deal with it which meant that ultimately it destroyed the relationship because it will it will it over will time. Eat, it, over time it will eat away if it's eating a little bit like eventually mm-hmm. it will be gone yeah and i think the thing with this that it was a progression for for us because I was also very aware that I'm having a conversation with somebody who doesn't know how to effectively meet her own needs at the beginning. Like this was very much where where we started, and they were very, very unmet. Well, yeah. Uh, yes. Well, no, actually, they were met because they everything we do every second of every day, but they were not met well. Just because just because everything we're doing every, every second of every day is meeting our needs, it doesn't mean to say all of our needs are getting met. So there are needs often that are unmet, even in the context of the fact we're doing stuff all the time. And you're right, the ones that were being met weren't met in ways that were nourishing, supportive. I might have, I, to, like, I may have had a one-off or two, but they were, yeah. they were pure fucking luck. And, al- and also, um, one of the things that comes up in the program is a lot of the time when you're meeting needs in red spectrum ways, which are the unsupportive, disempowering, unfulfilling ways, sometimes draining ways, is that it often feels the same or similar to not having their need met at all. Which then has another layer of like, well, what the fuck did I do this for anyway? Because, well, what you did was you were trying to meet the needs. And it's like in the absence of another way of doing it, you just got to try and do more and more of that thing. Because it's like, well, I, I got to get there somehow. And it's not an option to not meet your needs because they're part. some of them are part of our survival. So you have to do them. Um, like, and, and this is all subconscious. It's like, oh, God, I got to do more. I got to do more. I got to do more. And it's like, oh, no, let's not do more. Let's just do make better choices. I mean, we talked things. about one of the first things that really resonated with me is if you have to pee. Go pee. pee. Yeah. <laughs> like that was, that's literally where I started from. Right. It is that I was like, oh, wow, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. It, it, so I think that the interesting thing was, is that I know for me, I remember the very first one of these difficult conversations or the, the first big one that really I remember um, was, and we talked about it before where we were going to, we were, I was, we were due to be doing lunch together and Serena and I had been messaging and um, then I couldn't get a response for a while, but I was kind of getting on with other things. And then when I messaged her, I'm like, hey, you okay? Because I hadn't heard back from her. And it was like well into lunchtime. She told me she was having lunch with somebody else. And I'm like, uh, uh, wait, what? (laughs) Um, This is before I knew how to actually use a calendar. Yes. (laughs) Calendars are amazing things. Mm -hmm. They've been around for forever. Kind of helpful. (laughs) Um, I hadn't. And I remember being like, uh, that doesn't feel good. Like I've been waiting to do lunch in order to meet Serena because that was the plan. And then all of a sudden, not only has she not met me for lunch or told me she's not meeting me for lunch, she's out having lunch with somebody else. And I'm sitting here a little hungry at home by myself. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I think I probably need to. And then this is one of those where it's like, okay, this is 
the moment where I need to have this conversation. And the interesting thing was, is that actually because we were on text and she was having lunch with somebody else, I'm like, I need to say this now because if I wait until I see her, I I just need to say it. And I was like, um, and I don't even remember exactly what I said, but it was some version of uh, like, that doesn't feel great. Like I, like we said that we were going to have lunch together and you didn't tell me that you weren't having lunch with me. Like if you had, that would have been cool. But now I find you're just having lunch with somebody else. And the funny thing was, I actually remember, because um, your husband was with you at the time. And I remember your husband, that was the one who said to you, wait, weren't you having lunch with Claire? Um, like, and the two things kind of coincided at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those where I'm like, I sent the message and kind of, okay, hold my breath, see what happens. Because depending on how this respond, uh, how this person responds will completely determine the path our friendship has ahead of us. Not completely, there's options. I mean, yeah, we can. But at that point, at that point, there was a split in the road. Yes, could have gone one way, could have gone another. And Serena was like, <laughs> as I've said many times, she got in the car. She's like, I am such an asshole. <laughs> I'm like, that's not how I would have phrased it. Um, and in the in the and here's the thing, like in the absence of knowing how to really meet her needs and how to apologize effectively, I knew what that meant. I knew that she was like, oh, fuck, sorry, hands up. I screwed up. This was on me. And I'm really sorry for that. And but it was that moment of like, oh, I can say these things to somebody I can speak to this person and it's still, it was still uncomfortable mm-hmm. at the beginning, but the more willing you are to be uncomfortable, the more conversations of this nature you'll have, which means the quicker you'll get comfortable with those conversations. And because I knew how to meet my own needs, even in that moment where I'm like holding my breath, where I've sent that message, right, what needs are coming up? This need, this need, this need. I can do something to meet my needs in that moment. So I am still resourced, even though I've been impacted by this other person. Because yeah, of course, there's an apology and there's an addressing and there's a making amends that that ideally would happen in order to heal what's happened. But I'm not waiting, I'm not dependent on Serena doing that in order to feel good. I'm going to take care of my own needs first and foremost. And that's what I did. It's, It's very interesting because I... Like, I remember there are, like, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, um, do you remember, like, the first one of those really uncomfortable conversations you had with me where it was, like, you calling me out? Well, not particularly, but mm-hmm. before I lose a thought, because mm-hmm. we know how often that happens. Go ahead. In that specific situation that Claire is talking about with the lunch, not only was it kind of a hesitation for her of like, oh, geez, how is she going to respond? For me, it was like, it was the first learning experience for me that I can be like, I'm sorry, I fucked up. Mm -hmm. And not have somebody try to make me feel worse about it, not try to drill in what I fucked up on. Because a lot of times people are like, well, yeah, and they think they'll harp on Mm -hmm. it, they'll try to rehash it. And it's like, I was like, wow, I can say... At that point, because I didn't have the awareness of the needs mm-hmm. and how to meet my own and everything, it was like I could, for myself, do that apology mm-hmm. of like, I am like, that is me. That is on me. And knowing that she realizes I'm human, that mm-hmm. there are oh, yeah. going to be mistakes in her friendship, that I'm going to screw up, that she's going to screw up. And having almost that invitation to be like, yeah, if you screw up, like it happens, just make sure you're... That we're addressing we're it. addressing it and not that it makes any 
individual instance easier to deal with in the moment but knowing that we have a friendship where we can call each other out call each other bring each other Mm -hmm. in and also really just be able to be where we're at like it it sucks when you do something that you know Mm -hmm. has affected your friend and hurt your friend in certain ways and it's like oh and well, and the interesting thing is, is that you're right. I wouldn't have harped on about what went wrong. I wouldn't have made tried to make you feel bad about it. The other thing is, I'm not going to try and make you feel better about it either. No. Like, so yeah, she was feeling shitty about what happened. And I'm like, I'm not, it's not, I'm not going to try and make her feel better about that. Because actually, one, that's not my job. <laughs> Please make me feel better about making you feel shitty. Well, and that often happens. A lot of the time in friendship, it's like, oh God, I screwed up. Um, and someone gets called out and then they expect to be the other person to make them feel better about mm-hmm. the fact they screwed up. To placate the fact that... And the reality is, is that it's not... I'm. It's very easy in that situation for someone to think, oh, look, oh God, it's like I, she'll feel, she feels bad because I called her out. No, she feels bad because it's a consequence of the choice that she made. Now, I'm not going to make that... I'm not going to amplify that and make it her feel worse about it. I'm also not going to make her feel better about it because... That is her humanity kicking in. Like we talked about this in the Guilt and Shame series. Her humanity is kicking in and going, shit, I've hurt somebody who I care about. Feeling bad is a natural consequence of that. And it's part of the internal, I know she feels bad about it. She's going to feel, she's going to be less likely to do it, to do it again in the future. And I'm not going to be like, oh, ha ha ha. Yes, she feels bad about it. So she's not going to do this to me again. It's more like that's part of the function of being human. Like, that's how humanity works. It's like, oh, I've done this thing to this person who I care about. I feel bad about it. That's part of the process. I've got to feel that in order to process it. And in order to then have that internal reference point for not doing that again in the future. And if I try and take that away from her, one, it's not very empowering for her. It's dropping into the disempowerment dynamic, which we'll get into on another episode. But also, it I could then potentially stop her from having that that full experience of the humanity and the consequences. So she might do it to somebody else. So she's going she's gonna to feel bad, bad another time when she does it to somebody else. So it's like, I'm not going to rescue her from the consequences of her choices. I'm also not going to make her feel worse about the consequences of her choices. I'm just going to point it out and go, hey, here's the situation. This is how I feel about it. And then I'm going to let her process it and deal with it in the way that she needs to. It's funny because as you're talking, I'm still trying to think on, oh, can I remember a time where I've called you out? And I know there have been those times. We oh, know yeah. there have been those times. Oh, yeah. Lots of them. The reason why certain stories come up and most of them focus on where maybe I've taken a misstep is because when I came into this friendship, Claire already knew about the need. She'd already been developing mm-hmm. this program. She'd been doing it for years and years and years and years. She was consistently meeting her needs. Mm-hmm. So for her, she was coming in resourced and fulfilled most of the time. And I'm this depleted little, like, <laughs> just kind of... I don't know what I've got in my head. You know, in The Little Mermaid, the little souls are like... Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 oh, yeah my needs met yet. Like, so I just wanted to point that out because people may yeah. be like, wow, it makes, you know, like, oh, Serena fucked up again. Yeah, like, Serena sucks. Yeah, like, no. But I think that you're right because what would happen is if you would call me out, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, Absolutely. 
And it would be a momentary thing and it would move on. It's like, I understand, I'm so sorry. And here's the thing, I apologize for my comments. And it's it's gone and it's done and dusted. And by the time I got comfortable and really solid and, you know, we talked about in the last episode, like wanting transparency and honesty and what that really is and do you really want that? Like once I found out like how our relationship, what we were creating, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can go to her and I can call her out. Yeah. I can bring her in. I can... Bring up things that she brings up to me and have, I mean, because she's and human. She does. Yep. <laughs> and at that point, it, it was already so much easier than it was in these initial situations that made those pivotal points in our friendship that right. really could have changed things. Luckily, they changed them and we created and grew for the better, but it mm-hmm. could have it could have gone the other way at any yeah. of these these moments. So I just wanted to touch on the fact that, like, I the know it comes up. That, that, yeah. The reason it comes up mm. where I'm usually the one that's on the learning end of the experience <laughs> in these. Um, it's and just, that's not to say that I don't learn. It's the fact that I'm just I'm a few steps ahead of Serena on this path, which means that my learning is often not as obvious because it's an internal process that I'm doing normally with my own needs. And I will, I mean, she, Serena, she does call me out and she'll see me go, oh shit, yes. Like we've been, we've had these conversations innumerable times, but the, the, because the impact to my needs is significantly less, it's like, oh, actually, no, this is a learning for me. What am I going to go do about it? And that's where the focus on, that's where my energy goes. Because so often what ends up happening is that if your needs are unmet and somebody points something out, we collapse into this, oh, poor me, I've done this terrible thing. I'm such a sucky person. How could I do that? Da, 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 da. And I think we touched on this in the guilt and shame series. Rather than actually, in my situation, I'm like, oh my goodness, I've done this thing and it's impacted Serena. My focus is on her. How do, I'm so sorry, this is uh, this is what I've done. Here's how it's impacted you. I'm going to apologize for this. Here's how I make amends for that. And here's how I'm going to ensure I don't do it again in the future. So because the energy isn't focused on me because my needs are well met, that I think that's why sometimes those moments, they're not as obvious as when like your needs were unmet it was it was it, it was it was there was a bit of very both. obvious yeah and it was a lot of times um and there was one moment i wanted to share um there was one instance in particular that was a really huge turning point for me um and that point where i'm like oh this is this is the kind of friendship that i want to have and this is the kind of person i want to be close with and i'm really grateful for how she has shown up in this moment um so a few years back um i was it was the day that i was leaving key west um i was going back to the uk so i was already in a very emotional state because i hated to leave key west as much as i love to go back and see my family and friends elsewhere um i was hating to leave the island um and, and so this is the first year we had gotten like, we very, got very really very really close. close yeah i'd actually just started tipping my toe into the work <laughs> and actually we just had the conversation about you joining the business like maybe a week or two earlier oh wow yeah it was because it was just before my mm-hmm. birthday and it was, I think, December 5th was when we had the conversation. Not that we no, pay attention <laughs> to these things or anything. Um, so um, we'd been out celebrating the fact that I was still here for that last night. Um, and so we had been out from, I think it was maybe seven, six or seven in the evening. And we got back home. 
I think we had like a tiny little cat nap around five and then we went up to got up to watch the sunset uh, sunrise so like we had had very little sleep as well we were both exhausted and when I was like finally making the my final I was doing my final packing and getting things together um it was brought to my attention that there was an issue in one of the groups that I was moderating and managing online. And it was actually involving Serena's husband where he'd made some significant um, comments that were offensive and problematic from a racial standpoint. And the person who had been impacted had reached out to me and told me, now I hadn't been on my phone because I'd been out. um, So I hadn't seen what was going on. Um, And I looked and I was like, Oh, shit. Um, So I started to address the situation. And then Serena picked me up in order to, uh, we were going to visit another friend of mine to say goodbye. And there were a couple of things. And Serena brought up to me what was going on. And her initial perspective, because she hadn't begun doing her work at that point, was um, very much not understanding the full situation or the impact of his words and his choices. And... um, that was the angle she was coming at. And now bear in mind, I'm about probably less than an hour away from leaving the island. So I'm about to leave the island. I'm very emotional. And I'm trying to deal with this big conversation, which is almost always charged. And whenever you're kind of addressing privileged dynamics or oppression or um, or marginalized communities. Well, and you have somebody also who's, there's one, there's, Two people on yeah. one end of the spectrum that are doing their work, yes. that are very aware of these dynamics. And then you had my husband and I on the other end of the spectrum at that point, privilege, I mean. Really not a clue. It, it really, I, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, privilege was a word I knew, but I there was a defensiveness because of uh-huh. our privilege. Right. And so I, we were clueless. Like, and. And so here was the situation where this person who is now my business partner, because we've agreed that we're going to work together. And so this is a thing because it was directly related to the business. And um, I'm like, I one, I'm not going to be dishonest. I'm going to call it what it is. I do not know how she's going to respond because a lot of the time fragility comes up, that defensiveness comes up and fragility is a really uh, unhelpful word. There's a term that we use um, whenever I'm talking about male privilege, which we'll get to uh, another time. Um, But it's this unconscious defensive behavior to protect the privilege and to protect the comfort and therefore reinforce the dynamic of the privileged person's comfort being prioritized and the person who's been harmed actually getting further harmed in the dynamic. So that 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 normally comes up and very often it gets very explosive, very reactive, very quickly. Um, and I'm like, shit, well, this is it. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not be me in this situation. And I remember the two of us were in the car and Serena's like going, well, this happened and this happened and this and this happened. And I'm actually on, I'm looking online to see what, what actually happened because often the, the framework of like, this is what I think happened or this is what I've been told happened isn't necessarily what actually happened. Or the lens that I was seeing it through versus reality. reality. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and I was going through and I was like, 
he's out of line. This is this this is this and this is this and this is this and absolutely she's absolutely right in what she's saying. This is this. So I'm not only this is my business partner, but this is my business partner. And we're talking about her husband as well. Mm-hmm. So like there's layers upon layers upon layers to this situation. I'm like I have to just do what I know is the right thing in this situation, which is I have to. I didn't, I wasn't harsh in what I was saying in the sense that I was mindful, but I was very direct. Mm-hmm. And I was like, here's, this is, this is a problem and this is an issue. And this is a wider issue I need to deal with in this group. But you need to know that what he's done is not okay. And um, this other person is absolutely in the right in what she's saying. And it was one of those moments where I've been in those conversations so many times and at the very, very least, I normally get a defensiveness and a shutdown or like a withdrawal. Like um, the amount, I can't tell you the number of times I've had this conversation with somebody and it's like, uh, I, I don't want to be friends with somebody who's going to be like this. And I'm like, I'm ready for that response. That's what I thought was going to happen. No, no, that's not what I thought was going to happen. I knew there was a risk of that happening. Um, and often the times, and also knowing the person that Serena is and the, re, the person who, especially she was outside of the context of getting her needs met, I knew there was a very real possibility that the fire could come out with both fire signs and that like, no, this is not, and I'm like, oh, that's not going to fly with me. Doubling down on incorrect things. And pushing and making things worse. And I was so grateful that actually everything I said, she was like, wow, I, I, yes, I, I see what you're saying. I, I didn't realize that. And obviously I've got my work to do and I'm like, yeah, and I'm happy to support you in terms of directing you to resources and, and she's things. Like, this book, this book, this yeah. person, this podcast here here's a starting point this is for like, you. I'm leaving the island right now. And so we're, we're basically, this is... This, this is, is our goodbye. This is my key best. Um, I'm leaving the place that I love. And this is how we said goodbye. And I remember somebody else was driving me up to Miami. And like all the way I'm up to Miami, I'm trying to deal with the things I'm... I'm trying to address the situation in the wider community. And I'm also aware that sometimes when you have these conversations around privilege, someone might be like, oh yeah, I understand that. I agree to begin with. And then that privilege kicks in after the fact. And it's like, actually, fuck you. No, I don't agree with what you're saying. And I don't think there was anything wrong in what I did. And I think like that happens so frequently. And I was a little concerned about what's going to happen while I'm in the air and I, we're not in contact, like, am I going to land to a message going, actually, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've talked to my husband and yeah. we're not willing to mm-hmm. learn or grow. And <laughs> we think you're full of shit, right. which is a lot of the times what I've been told in those or, situations. In which I think the subtext on that might be, this is a little too difficult for me to deal with. So I'm just going to curl back into my I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which is like, and I'm, I'm going to continue doing harm, which is the truth of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's like, I don't care enough about this to want to do the work to be a more decent human being, I'm going to go back to just doing harm because it's more comfortable for me to do that. And it's interesting in this this specific situation, mm-hmm. it is something that seems so blatant to me now, mm-hmm. but where we were at the time, I, I was like, but the initial, I'm like, well, I don't see the issue here. And then when she told me, I'm like, oh, 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 oh. And then, you know, the privilege, I mean, right, when you say white privilege to a white person, immediately it's like, 
what yeah like that's that reaction is part of the privilege and that is the fragility reaction and i had a bit of that fragility reaction i mean you did have fragility just reacted the thing is that it came up but you were still willing to listen to me i was having the reaction and leaning into it you you were feeling it and going okay what what okay what more do i need to know what more do i need to do which actually helped trigger me to start doing my work. So I was like, okay, I'm feeling this. Well, this is, she's like, that's your fragility. And I'm like, oh, well, that that actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like, because what yeah. you're saying makes sense. And my reaction is to what you're saying because it. Yeah, it's, it was, and it was, it was that moment where I was expecting things to go south because the majority of those conversations that I've had have gone south. Don't get me wrong, there have been plenty, there have been several where it's like, this person's like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. I didn't realize this. And I really appreciate the fact you're taking the time. Most people, the privilege is so, so present and the, um, the, the allure of the comfort around privilege is so strong and also because they're un- because of their unmet needs like they're not willing to go into that discomfort that uncomfortable place to to be a decent human being they're just going to hang out in the place where it's like well this sucks and it doesn't really work for me but it's it seems better than that option right now i was waiting for it to go south and i wasn't sure if it was going to go south on my end for how claire's reaction was going to be to what i was saying it's mm-hmm. like i think we were both in that position where it was like oh is is this what's gonna happen? Is this next? it? Like mm-hmm. literally, I closed the door and waved bye to my key best as she was crying, and then like we're both crying at this point. I'm like, yeah. what is happening what's, here? What's gonna, like, I, and what and is I going been, to happen? And I would have been crying anyway to be yeah. leaving. Like that wasn't right. about the situation; it was about the fact that I was leaving. But that layer on it was like, wow. And it was funny because the last, the, the previous time I'd left, we'd become good friends. We weren't. As close as Serena said, we came became much closer that that last time uh, that time I was here uh, on that one occasion. But I remember the time before I left. Like we used to have these kind of regular, like we used to hang out regularly on a Friday afternoon. I'm pretty sure like this has happened pretty much since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I think this, the reason why Friday has happened is because yes, because it started with it started with us hanging out on the friendly couch. Fridays. Friendly <laughs> Fridays, we would like um, we'd have lunch and we'd chat and we'd um, what have you. And I remember that first time that 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 time before that I'd left we'd said we were going to keep in regular contact didn't happen and I think we may have texted twice twice in the space of the year and she had some shit go down yeah (laughs) major shit go down um and so the last time I'd left we'd said we were going to keep in contact and there wasn't any of this challenging stuff and uncomfortable stuff and then we became super close and we'd said we are going to stay in touch this time. But then the last thing that happened was this really difficult conversation. And it's interesting because I, I'm going to say this about um, this kind of conversation because I think it's an important thing to note is that I remember at one point, um, one of my very, very close black friends was like, what the fuck is wrong with you people that you cannot have these uncomfortable conversations? Like we have these uncomfortable conversations. We have to have these uncomfortable conversations. We don't get a choice around having the uncomfortable conversation. We're in the uncomfortable stuff all the time. Like we're always having these uncomfortable conversations with our white friends or with our other friends because of this shit that is going on. What the fuck is wrong with you that you can't have that uncomfortable conversation with? If you're that close a friend, why can't you have that uncomfortable conversation with them? And it's very, very important, very valid point is like, 
we need to be having these uncomfortable conversations because it doesn't just affect us. Like there is a systemic issue here that needs to be addressed. And the only way it's actually going to start to change is if we actually start having these, uh, these uncomfortable conversations. So this is also one of the reasons. And the interesting thing is I don't think she and I had actually had that conversation when you and I had had that conversation that came later. Um, and it was interesting. It was actually about another friendship because I was having an, I was having uncomfortable conversations about this topic with somebody else I was close with. So it's interesting how, like, I remember that being a really pivotal moment where like not, because there were so many layers in it. It's like, oh, one, I can, we can have this really uncomfortable conversation. We are both willing to get uncomfortable. We're both going to lean into this. And also this is a conversation I need to be able to have with you in order for you to be part of that inner circle. So I know you're doing your work, like you're going to actually start doing your work now, which means that you become less of a risk to the people who I love, which means, and that's important in order for you to be close. There were so many layers to that conversation, but I remember being, I remember a little while later, and obviously we did stay in touch and um, not long after COVID happened and Serena went through a deep dive of the program and here we are. Um, <laughs> But I remember like a few weeks later looking back on that and being like, that could have so easily gone a different way. And the fact that I was able to have that conversation with you and we were able to navigate through it together the way that we did. And it was uncomfortable for both of us. It needs to be. When we're talking about privilege, like you're dismantling privilege. That's not a comfortable process. Mm -hmm. If it's comfortable, you're not doing it. Like you're not doing it. That's the reality. So it has to be an uncomfortable situation. And even at that point, you still were, you were more aware of needs, but you really weren't doing the needs work. So it was, I was just very appreciative of the fact that we could have that uncomfortable situation. We both got uncomfortable. We had the hard conversation and we navigated through it in a way that brought us closer together. I trusted Serena more after we'd had that conversation because I trusted that I could have these conversations and it wasn't going to end the friendship. Um, and I trusted that I could question things and yeah. that I could be like, all right, I'm hearing this is wrong. Why is this wrong? Or, you know, like, and I, and I'm not, and I'm not a expert or educator in this space, but I'd be like, oh yeah, here, like here's a resource or go and listen to what this person has to say about it. Because yes, you're absolutely right. But also Serena knew that I know that we are like, I've been on this journey and I know how difficult it is. So I have an appreciation for the fact that it's difficult. I'm not going to coddle you about it. I'm going to be direct with you about it because that is part of, it's like not catering to your comfort is part of dismantling your privilege. And I'm going to appreciate, I know it's difficult and we still need to do it. And so that it, it was never, a, oh God, I'm going to make you feel like shit for, for doing this thing because I've probably done that thing in the past or a variation thereof or something else similar. So I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want somebody to make me feel more shitty about it, but I would want someone to hold me accountable so I can learn and do better in the future. Another situation that we had um, that is a different subject matter, but was another mm -hmm. one of those kind of turning points in our friendship. And I know it was a, it was a turning point for both of us. And yeah. it was another situation where... I went and fucked up. <laughs> like, and that's, well, I mean. You, you had made a genuine mistake. This is actually one of those situations where I fucked up in how I dealt with it. If it's the one I think you're going to talk about. Which one are you talking about? I was going to talk about the tears on the side. Oh, I thought we were talking about the PDF thing. Okay. okay. So <laughs> Never mind. Carry on. <laughs> I'll, I'll shut up and let you talk. <laughs> um, 
and we've talked about the tears on the sidewalk mm-hmm. moment. I know we've referred to it in um, previous podcasts. And it was, was it your first celebration of life that we no, were in? The, it, it was, was the, the big one, though. It was the big one, yeah. yeah. I, we, uh, Claire does her celebration of life every year, um, October 12th. Um, actually, you can probably... Uh, we've talked about this before. I got run over by a truck and nearly killed on a beach. Um, and every year on the date that it happened, we celebrate the fact that I'm still here. So that's the short version of the story. <laughs> yeah. So we, we had already had a day. We had been out. We went out for breakfast and then we completed a marathon and we did all sorts of no, fun. Th- we finished a marathon. We didn't complete it. But completing it would suggest that you, you started, started it, it as well. We didn't. We just did the final. Nuance on word there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all about the nuance yeah um so we had had a full day and I mean we were going strong and it was about I don't know it must like- be about it must have been about 5 30 a.m because we closed down Bobby's one of the bars that we talk about a lot of the time and then we'd gone somewhere else to a friend's house and it was after we'd been at that friend's house for a bit so at the we had spent the entire day together and we were having such so a great time and when we got to, predominantly, when we got to our friend's house, my attention went, I mean, there were crafts, there were wigs, there were costumes, there were sparkles, there was all sorts of things. all kinds of things. And all of a sudden, I lost focus of really what, what the purpose <laughs> what, of why us we being <laughs> up at four or five o'clock in the morning was. And so um, we... We had we had a really nice time with our friends, and then we started walking. And I'm gonna let Claire take it from here because well, it was actually a little bit. I think it was a little bit earlier than that that I'd started to feel that. What what ended up happening was that we were having this great time, like celebrating the fact that I was alive. And actually, it was before we left Bobby's. Mm-hmm. This uh, this person came in. And they started to talk about other things. They, they were talking about headdresses and wigs and crafts. And like obviously, Serena's like, ding, <laughs> this is my shit. I love this. Um, and a little while we were while we were at Bobby's, like she was very much summer. And, and I mean, we we both do our own thing when we're out and about. Um, so it wasn't an issue that she was like talking to other people or those sorts of things. It was just like her. What happened was the, and it was more of an energetic thing, I think, than it was about what actually happened. Was that it felt like we were together in what we were doing, even though we were doing other things. And then all of a sudden, she checked out and she was somewhere else. And I was like feels weird like it feels like she's somewhere else and then when we went to the friend's house it this kind of continued and it felt like she was definitely somewhere else and it was like it wasn't like again a big deal it wasn't this huge thing I was just like I just felt like we were we were celebrating together and then all of a sudden it was like she jumped off of the celebrating together train thing about it was we were celebrating together even though we've been doing other things to different people like we still felt like we were in it together and then all of a sudden and the funny thing was is that when I brought this up to Serena she's like oh fuck that's exactly what happened like I completely I checked out of we're celebrating together the fact that you're still alive I'm now on an entirely different train with somebody else and it was that I was like I'm like it doesn't feel like we're in this together anymore celebrating the fact that I'm still alive and so I brought this up to and I was I remember thinking do I bring this up like it's 5 30 a.m we're both exhausted we were not drunk we hadn't drunk much that day so it wasn't like that I had that layer to concern myself with as well but I'm like I want this to be a fun day 
And it has been a fun day. And it's like, if I bring this up, is it going to ruin the day? Is it going to go south? Are we going to end up, is it going to like end badly? Because that's not what I want either. So I really debated with myself whether or not it was. And the truth was, it was in the space. No matter what happened from that point uh, forward, I was still going to be feeling this. And so I knew I had to bring it up to her. Otherwise, it was going to be this little black cloud that was going to sit around what we were doing for the rest of the day. So I brought it up. At 5.30 in the At morning. At 5.30 in the morning. On the sidewalk. On the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. And she did. And she was like, hey, we need to talk about this. Like, I need to clear something. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. At this point, I can I can feel an energetic shift, but I'm still not... <laughs> You were still in your own little world at this point. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I had decorated flat mom. I made her a headdress. Like, I mean, it... It was still a fun time. It was a fun... We still had fun. We both had fun while we were there. And that's the thing. We both had fun. So I'm like, you know, my mom's all sparkly. I'm all sparkly. And I'm like, hey. Okay. Well, what's wrong? Something's a little off. And... It could have, I could have rationalized that, oh, she's tired. If she hadn't brought it up, it could have been a million and one things. Mm -hmm. And she could have been feeling something and not addressing it and Mm -hmm. then feeling it more and not addressing it. I'm feeling, I'm like, oh, well, now she's really tired. No, she's hurt. She's aggravated. She's frustrated. And she just simply, she's like, you know, I feel like you checked out. And like she said, and it, it was, it was me being like, and I think probably the, phrase came out I'm a fucking asshole (laughs) like and and it's funny because I don't really say that that much anymore but that was my like go-to my go-to like that's when I realized was like there it was and right then and there in that moment we talked about it we both cried about it we both we shared what was present for both of us like one of the things that I remember saying is that, that um, especially because of what I do, most of my life is very much about other people, like supporting other people, other people's things are going on. And it's like, I, and I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, that's not an issue for me most of the time. There's like these maybe one or two moments where it's actually about me. Um, and this was one of those days where it was, it was, it was, this was a celebration about me. And it was like, it's such a rare thing for it to be because even even in terms of getting support, like I will go to Serena for support, but I know that the because of what I do, I'm often better equipped to support other people. And so I know that they get a huge amount of support from me. And sometimes I don't have that same quality of support. I mean, luckily now because of the work that we've done together, actually, I often do get a very similar quality of support from Serena. Um, but it we're going back several years now. And I was at that point where I'm often supporting everybody else. I'll make big things about other people's like birthdays and celebrations and that sort of thing. That really didn't, wasn't something that happened very often for me. And so my celebrate being alive, I was like, like, this is the one day, this is the one day. Um, and maybe there's another day. It was like my birthday, but like, <laughs> it was like that very, very rarely do I actually make it about the, me. The days we're celebrating your life. Me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, um, and again, it was like, it wasn't like this huge deal. Um, but I'm like, this is just, I, I just, I felt like you disappeared. <laughs> and she was like, oh shit, I did disappear. And it wasn't like, like, it was, I felt like you disappeared. I wasn't like, you disappeared on me. I'm like, this is how it seemed to me. And this felt like weird. And that was the point where she was like, oh, crap. I did do that. Yeah, that is what I did. 
And it's funny because like, it wasn't even necessarily something that happened. It wasn't something she said. It wasn't something she did. Like I could feel energetically one minute she was with me and the next minute it was like, oh, I'm celebrating on my own and she's somewhere else doing something else with somebody else. And then she's like, oh yeah, that is what happened. I'm so sorry. And like, and then, and then she was like, of course I want to celebrate with you. She said, I just, I momentarily lost my, I momentarily like lost myself and forgot what I, we were doing. And I mean, that's a shocker, isn't it? That I momentarily <laughs> forgot. Wait, what? Something shiny. Like, oh, hold on. Wait, where was I? Um, yeah. And we, and yeah, we both, we both cried and we, and it was like, and I think that the other thing was, it was one of the first times I'd been vulnerable with Serena around, Hey, there's this, this thing and this, this is how it feels. And she was like, it was, I think, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to speak for you, but it, I think there were almost been, might have been a little bit of a moment of like, oh shit, she's human. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, with, yeah. she, she, she gets vulnerable and her, like she has feelings and there are things that are important mm-hmm. to her too, which because so, because so often my needs are well met. Like you don't notice those things with me so often because I'm very good at navigating through them. And it was one of those times where I'm like, actually, no, this is a person I want to know. Like, I'm just feeling some kind of way about this and it didn't ruin the night it actually made it better and it made it continue for another five hours oh my goodness where we i mean we went and saw sunrise we had key lime pie we waved people into key west like we did something secret that we'll never tell anybody else about oh we have a secret yes we do have we have a secret it's nothing bad it's nothing no No, but but it was like a little little secret between i almost forgot about it because we do not speak we do not speak of it but it was one of those things and it's like it's nothing like weird or out there like it was just one of those things of like it was just a fun thing it's just a fun thing between us between the two of us and it's like oh my goodness I I can only like there were so many experiences we had that day that we wouldn't have had had we not had that conversation and like we really did come together in that like Mm -hmm. the conversation really brought us together and it would have been so easy to have avoided it well to avoid to have avoided it or to have had that conversation and then been like uh well all right I guess the night's over yes and ended it on that and we both decided in that moment you know we were talking about co-creation in the last episode to, we were going to create something because neither of us wanted to end on this note. We were both tired. We both realized maybe bed was a good option. It's like, no, we're at least doing something. What do we want to do together? Yeah. How are we now going to celebrate? And then re-kick off the celebration, which is exactly what we did. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I know we, we're kind of going a little long um, today, but there's one other thing that I really want to bring up because I think that sometimes it can help is that... Um, sometimes calling yourself out and we talk about calling out the reality is we're calling in mm-hmm. we're not really calling out calling out is that like you, look you did this thing wrong calling in is like i know you're i know you would want to know about this because you're the sort of person that would want to learn and grow and do better like that's what that's the difference is um, and sometimes calling yourself in can help facilitate these conversations so i know when we were kind of at this kind of turning point where serena wasn't entirely yet comfortable calling me in and I think also there was an element of um she wasn't sure whether it was her unmet needs or whether it was my doing something like we were at that kind of transitionary point where she wasn't quite sure and um, we weren't in person we were no we, we weren't were across the pond from yeah. each other which makes 
adds another layer and the distance automatically adds a layer yeah and um we had this situation it was a work thing and um serena had made an honest mistake on a pdf that went out to everybody who was interested in the universal need stuff it was part of our launch um and somebody thankfully one of somebody i knew messaged me and went, i think there's a mistake on the pdf thank goodness because otherwise it probably would still be out there now um And it was one of those times where I was low, I was on a low ebb because I had been doing so much to get the launch done. And I've been like working a lot of hours um, to hit the the deadline that we had. And um, I remember I I think it was done, I think we did it over text message. Um, And I was like, why did you change the thing on the PDF? Now, the truth is, If I had one been resourced, I would have thought, well, she's not going to intentionally change something on a PDF that was correct to being wrong. Like, no. Why don't I just fuck about with this to see if somebody catches? Exactly. It's like, well, it's not like this is important or anything. It's only my business. Let's screw it up and see what happens. Um, Like, that's not going to happen. paying attention? Right, exactly. Um, And so I was like, oh, and so, but, but I wasn't resourced. I was coming from my unmet needs and there was an element of frustration like you know, like are you serious like I'm doing all this stuff and you screw up one of the PDFs that I'd already that the, the basis was already there and it was right um and I was I was I acted like an asshole in that moment where I was accusatory and I was just how I wasn't mindful in I wasn't thoughtful about what she had going on and the the reality is that of course, she wouldn't have intended to have made that change. Um, and I remember it was maybe a few hours later and we, we were messaging and I was, I don't actually know whether I did it over message. I think I did it when we spoke. Yeah, um, the messaging was like the first, I think we spoke the next day via Zoom. Yeah, like or even later that day or something. And I and I said, that I am so sorry. And I remember like initially it was like, I'm so sorry if I said something that was accusatory. And I'm like, hold on a second, Claire. One, you know better than that in terms of like, that's not how you apologize. Own what you did. And two, it's like, okay, I'm like, I'm still operating from my unmet needs. I need to get, okay, get back inside. I said, I'm so sorry, because that was accusatory. And um, that, that's not how I want to operate with you. Of course, I know that you didn't do it on purpose. It was a mistake. And um, here's what's been going on at my end. This is the this is the context. I was coming from my unmet needs, and I'm so sorry for that. And I that, that's not how I want us to operate in, in the future. And it was that moment where there was like a little bit of like a, yeah, that is kind of how it felt like it didn't feel good to me and I'm like I totally understand why and I think that again me being like I I saw what I did I I called it out and was like hey here's what I've done that's not okay this is not how I want to be it shows that willing as well and that like I it makes Serena know that not only do I am I open to being called in I'm gonna do it to myself like it created that extra layer of trust yeah and I mean, a layer of safety. Mm -hmm. Like, it really did because I knew that even if she messed up or if I messed up, we could we could jump into it and be like, okay, like I see what I did. Just wait for the other person to to address it. Right. It'd be like, oh, maybe I'll ignore it and they won't say anything or, you know, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to stir stuff up. Mm -hmm. We actively are like, constantly leaning into each other it's like oh 
and you see it on this podcast yeah. as well. Like there are times where I kind of look and Claire's like, okay. Oh. And then there are times where, you know, Claire will look or be like, eh, I'm going to interrupt. And that's, that's how we learn. That's how right. we grow. Mm-hmm. And that's how we make those uncomfortable situations a little bit easier to manage. Right. And why we don't mind, we don't like being uncomfortable, but why we, why we're not desperately trying to get away from it like well and more importantly it's like it's almost like we we are willing and we we desire in those moments to go into the discomfort so that we can clear it so that the discomfort doesn't hang around because we don't want that in our friendship that doesn't have any place in our friendship and it's interesting like i know that a number of the the examples that we've we've mentioned today we've mentioned them before on this podcast the interesting thing is is that the reason for that is cuz they stand out because they were the big uncomfortable those big kind of moments of like oh we're at a fork in the road what's going to happen we're going to go this way or that way and the funny thing is is that even the moments that weren't big things, like that tears on the sidewalk thing wasn't a big thing, but it was a big moment for us mm-hmm. in recognizing how we would deal with these things, even if they were small. And that even though it was something was small, like how Serena responded was, oh, she knows that this is something that's important to me. So even though it's a small thing, it, she's, she's, it's clear it's important to her too. And so that was one of the things that helped help that. The thing about it is, is the reason that we don't have more of these to share is because they don't stand out so much because now we don't wait for them to be big things and we don't address, we, we, we clear them when they are small. And so what we're going to talk about in our next episode is about clearing niggles. We've mentioned this several times and you will hear us talk about it a lot um, and we'll get into the whole niggle thing on that episode as well. Um, And what we'll do is we'll share with you how we do things now and how once you've had those difficult conversations, once you've been uncomfortable, how you can then easily transition into this place where it actually becomes, like none of it really becomes a big deal. Even if they're big topics, Mm -hmm. the the actual process becomes very easy. Um, That's certainly my experience. Yeah, and it, you know, it's interesting because I'm going to say it the way that I'm thinking it, and I know that I'm going to get the look immediately. <laughs> um, we, see, now I'm trying not to say it the way that I'm thinking of it. Say the way you're thinking about it. I don't want to, though, because I know it's, I, I'm going to preface this by saying I know this is not an accurate statement. Like, we almost look forward to those instances where we're, brought in right so yeah I can understand why Serena is saying this it's like it's it's not that we look forward to those instances because if those instances are happening we know we're impacting somebody else and we never want to do that but we are um we're not only open to, but we actively encourage the clearing of the things that are going to create barriers in our relationship because we know those are the things that, but it's the clearing that like the, the, the shitty thing is going to still be there, whether mm-hmm. we clear it or not. We can um, clear it or compound it. Yeah, we, exactly. And the thing about it is, is that what we want to do is we, we, we want to as quickly, as and when those things happen, because they're life, we're different people, we're different human beings, we're going to do things that are going to be different. And some of the things will work for the other person, some of the things won't. Those things are going to happen. So we want to clear those as quickly as possible. 
and as effectively as possible because we don't want those to negatively impact our friendship. And more importantly, we want to clear them because we know that's going to bring us closer together. Mm -hmm. So while we don't look forward to the situations, we do want to once those situations are present, we do want to get on that as soon as possible and as effectively as possible because we don't want the shit to stand in the way of our friendship and we want to get the thing on the other side of that, which is like, we feel closer, we trust each other more and we feel that bit safer than we did before. Mm-hmm. Does that accurately reflect? Yes, I knew you knew what I was like, yep. how to... Uh, tweak? Sure. <laughs> tweak, tweak. <laughs> I can tweak, tweak. I can't twerk, twerk, but I can tweak, tweak. Um, and on that note. <laughs> yes, on that note. Is there anything that you would like to add before we finish up? I like the note we ended on. <laughs> Perfect. All right, we'll see you next time where we'll talk about clearing niggles. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. Remember to take care of yourself. Stay safe. And between now and next time to keep meeting your own needs. Lots of love. Bye, Bye friends. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, Please subscribe, rate, and give us a written review as it will help more people find us. And remember, being willing to have the hard conversations and being willing to get uncomfortable in order to have those conversations doesn't move your relationships further apart. It actually brings you closer together. Well, shit. It really is that simple.